day and welcome to the GMC podcast, the place where you can listen to the weekly word from God and highlights from the team at GMC, Gillespie Memorial Church in Dunfermline, Scotland. This podcast brings you the sermon series, The Teachings of Jesus Christ the King, Part 5, the eschatological discourse on the end of the present age. This is a 12-part series considering the teachings of Jesus from chapter 23 through 25 from the Gospel of Matthew. In this last teaching block of the five in Matthew's Gospel, we find Jesus teaching in the week of the Passion, the time of his trial and crucifixion. As he comes closer to the cross, his teaching turns to the end times, moving from teaching in the temple precincts to the Mount of Olives and a need to always be watchful. Thanks for joining us on this podcast and now be encouraged to respond to God's word and be challenged by our Lord Jesus Christ. But before the word from God, we will lead you in a time of prayer. And let's begin with prayer. God of love, light a flame of love in our hearts to you. A flame of love to our families and friends. A flame of love to our neighbours. A flame of love to our enemies. Son of Mary, light a flame of love in our hearts to everyone from the lowliest thing that lives to the name that is highest of all God of life grant us your forgiveness we have been heedless in our thoughts cruel in our words shameful in our actions We are indifferent to a world made sad by want and wastefulness. We pass by on the other side when we see our neighbour in need. We wander from the way that leads to peace in, in paths of our own pleasing. God of life, grant us your forgiveness. God of the new day and God of love, You created us and you have redeemed us. As you scatter the mist from the hills, banish the deeds of darkness from the sons and daughters of your light. Help us to know and believe that as children of your love, we are free to begin again. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Following that time of prayer, I hope your hearts are prepared and open to receive from God's word wherever you are today. If anything you hear from our preacher today, from God's word, or the sermon challenges you and maybe raises questions. Or if you want to know more about the Christian faith and getting to know the Lord Jesus Christ, then please get in touch via our website or through the office. Details are in our show notes. Or maybe you'd like to support GMC financially in our ministry for the kingdom. Details to support us financially can be found on the homepage of the website, clicking through a support us with stewardship icon. Now, over to our preacher. I'm going to do a little bit of a recap because the work 
what we've been studying in the final discourse in Matthew. There's been a lot to take in. So I'm just going to do a brief recap since we picked it up at the beginning of June in chapter 24. And we started with the birth pains and we did that in two parts. And then followed the desecration of the holy place. Then we had the coming of the Son of Man. And last week we heard about the unexpected arrival. Each week has been answering the questions the disciples asked. When will this happen? What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? We started with the importance of asking the right questions, which took us to look at Jewish eschatology, study of the end times. This helped us to discern what questions we should be asking ourselves. Do I love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my mind? Am I ready? We went on to consider what was meant by the birth pains and how to live in the now and the not yet as the birth pains increase. Jesus' resurrection brought the kingdom of God in part, but it is still to come in all its fullness and glory on Jesus' return. Birth pains brings new life. We heard about how Christians will be led astray, deceived and discouraged, the remedy for which is to run to God, to know his grace and to know his word. As Jesus kept his promise to rise on the third day, he will also keep his promise to return as King of Kings. Be ready. For this is when all peoples will be judged and the faithful will be taken home. And last week we were presented with yet more questions about when Jesus will return. Why when? What when? How, when, when is on a need-to-know basis. And we don't need to know. We just need to be ready through prayer, scripture, worship and obedience. In today's reading, we continue the discourse at the end of chapter 24, verses 45 to 51. And we see what, to see what readiness looks like through the parable of the faithful and unfaithful servant. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, My master is staying away a long time. And then he begins to beat his fellow servants, to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day 
when he does not expect him, at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Thanks be to God for his holy word. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, come among us. Speak to our hearts and minds. Give us ears to hear and lips that speak your words. Amen. You know what, folks? I think we've missed an opportunity here. Mike's been on holiday for three weeks. We could have had, been having a right old party. He's back now. It's too late. We knew when he was coming back, and we could have cleared up in time. Jesus is coming back, but we don't know when. The question is, will we be ready? In our reading today, it's Jesus' turn to ask the question, Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? So who are the servants Jesus is talking about? These are the people who have submitted to God's rule in their lives. They may be Christian, they may be Jew, and they may be believers of all time. They are the people within God's church who are part of the bride of Christ. Some versions of the Bible imply there are two servants. In our reading today, it refers to one servant who can choose how they respond to the task and responsibilities laid on them. So as servants of Christ, we can choose to be faithful and wise. But what does that entail? First and foremost, trust. Trusting that Jesus will return. Trust reveals itself in obedience to Christ, doing what he has called you to do, doing it without complaint, and doing it well, to a good standard to the best of your ability, while trusting Jesus to fill in the gaps. The next thing, faithfulness. How can we be called faithful servants if we are not faithful in our actions? It feels like I'm stating the obvious, but sometimes it can be hard to see the wood for the trees. Being faithful means accepting the responsibility God has given us, being accountable for our actions, not just in the beginning or at the end, but all the way through. God isn't calling everyone to be high flyers every day. He needs people to deliver the day-to-day requirements. Simply do what he has asked you to do. Then what about wisdom? If we are to be faithful and wise servants, 
we need to exercise good sense, good judgment. Wisdom is about how we go, deliver, go about delivering our responsibilities. Being thoughtful and discreet. Understanding the implications of what we are doing. Seeing the big picture. Treating people with respect and consideration. Honouring God in all that we do. But what if, what if the servant, what if we as servants, were to choose the wicked way because it is a choice? In Matthew twenty-four forty-nine, And then he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. We don't need to beat folk to harm them. Remember the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Luke 16, 9 to 31, if you want to look it up later. The rich man was condemned, not for maltreating Lazarus, but for ignoring him. We don't need to be drunken and debauched to bring dishonour to God. It can be as simple as taking our eye off the ball and neglecting what he has tasked us with bringing his holy name into disrepute. Have we got many gardeners upon us, among us? I know we've got at least one. Excellent. So what have you got growing at the moment? <laughs> Roses, lovely. Very important, absolutely. Yeah, you get on well with Sandy, my husband. He's all vegetables, I do the flowers. But the thing is, I don't do them very well. Here's a picture of my front garden. It's my job to keep on top of it. And it's not very big, but what a mess. I mean, you've got a pyrus, and I'm looking at it the opposite way around to you, pyrus on that side. You've got weeds down the middle. Some lilies did survive, and they are coming through. And then the grass, most of it's moss and weeds. But hey-ho, I didn't consider it important enough to give it my time and attention. I took my eye off the ball. That wouldn't be too bad. But Sandy, my husband, he's the allotment manager. It's not a good look for him. I took a day off this week and weeded it and got it mowed, etc., etc. And here it is, looking more like it should. It still needs a bit of colour and I managed to get some busy lizzies planted since I took that photo and it won't be long before the lilies are in bloom. I hope to get some more, uh, more flowers at the allotment open day. When we let things slip, it's not a good look for God. When we let things slip, problems begin to fester. When I was weeding the front garden, I came across a couple of shoots of bindweed. It can choke the flowers, 
if you don't keep on top of it. And it can take years to root it out. And while I'm paying attention to that, I'm neglecting other parts of the garden. When we are left to our own devices, when it seems an age for something to happen, we can easily get distracted and demotivated. It reminds me of when Moses was up the mountaintop with God. And he was there a long time. The Israelites got restless. And when he came down, he found them making idols to other gods. Out of sight, out of mind. The wicked servant lost focus on God. He was self-centered and self-serving. They didn't care about the other servants, whether or not they got fed. They chose to do their own thing, ignoring their master's instructions and neglecting their peers, their brothers and sisters. 1 John 4, verse 20. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates his brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. For every choice there is a consequence. In choosing to be the wicked servant, we face an eternity without God. An eternity with no peace, no joy, no contentment. Matthew twenty four fifty one. He will cut him to pieces and assign him to a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We can choose the faithful way, the way of the faithful and wise servant. Not only will we be congratulated, but promoted and put in charge of all the master's possessions. We will be considered blessed. Let's not forget that this dialogue took place days before Jesus' crucifixion. Let us take a moment to consider Judas, who betrayed Jesus, and Peter, who denied him three times. Judas was full of self-pity and remorse and hung himself, whilst Peter accepted the grace of God and repented. One John one verse nine If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God is gracious. Through the life, suffering and death of Jesus Christ, we are redeemed. But be careful not to take this for granted. It was given at a great cost. When I was younger, well, maybe not that much younger, if I got my school uniform dirty, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't be bothered. My response was, it'll be right, my mother will wash it. But what if Jesus had returned before wash day? 
Some commentaries consider that the servant put in charge are those in leadership positions in the church. Whilst leaders and teachers have a greater responsibility, a much greater responsibility, we are all part of one body and need to take care of one another. Readiness is keeping an eye on one another, checking in with one another, check in to see how others are, send a text, a message, make a phone call, catch up over coffee. Many of you already do this. Keep on keeping on. Keep a watch on what is happening in the world. Look for the signs. This will help you to keep on course. Check in with God's word. Check in through prayer. Check in with one another to see that you are still on the right track and heading for home. When I was preparing this part of the message, I had a picture of a meerkat looking out. Looks out for danger and for signs on behalf of its family, its clan. They take it in turns. They look after one another. They look out for one another. Let's just cast our mind back to the beginning of June. Matthew 24, verse 6. You will hear of wars and rumours of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Keep an eye on the ball. Look out for the signs, but don't be obsessed by them. Don't let them take over and distract you from God's work. Care for those around you. Watch out for your brothers and sisters in Christ. God is in, in, God is in control. It might not always feel like it, but he is. He knows what will happen and when. We don't need to. All we need to do is trust him. God wants us to keep on keeping on, to do what he has entrusted us to do, to do it with good grace, with wisdom and understanding, with care and compassion. God is not asking us to jump through loads of hoops or to perform astonishing acrobats in the air. He's simply asking us to be ready to keep on keeping on. A short story. A woman was shopping in a small country store. Several young people were just standing around. Knowing she was a Christian, they began to ridicule her. We hear you're expecting Jesus to come back, they jeered. That's right, she replied brightly. Do you really believe he's coming? They asked. Absolutely, she answered. Well, you'd better hurry home and get ready. He might be on the way. Facing them, she said, I 
don't have to get ready. I keep ready. We're going to have a time of reflection as I read a poem written by a black African quoted by William Barclay in his daily Bible study on Matthew. As I read the words, reflect, take a moment to reflect on what God is saying to you to keep on ready. What keeping ready looks like for you. There's a king and a captain high, and he's coming by and by, and he'll find me hoeing cotton when he comes. You can hear his legion charging in the regions of the sky, and he'll find me hoeing cotton when he comes. There's a man they thrust aside, who was tortured till he died. And he'll find me hoeing cotton when he comes. He was hated and rejected. He was scorned and crucified. And he'll find me hoeing cotton when he comes. When he comes, when he comes, they'll be shouting out Hosanna to the man that men denied. And I'll kneel among my cotton when he comes. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Worship Podcast from the team at GMC. Again, if you'd like more details of who we are, what we believe and how we serve, then visit our website at gillespiechurch.org, find us on Facebook or look back at some of our videos on our YouTube channel. Just search Gillespie Memorial Church. All inquiries can be made through the Contact Us page on our website or by calling the office. Details are in the show notes. If you'd like to support our work with a financial donation, then offerings can be made by clicking the Support Us with Stewardship icon on the homepage of the website. This has been a production of GMC, including the pastors and the tech team. All copyright remains with the producers. Today's episode was edited by Barbara Ann Hoey, and the soundtrack is Up to the Mood by Lowtree. Thanks for listening and God bless.